0: All right, here we go. It's great to have you with me. Welcome back to the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It is great to have you in. We do have plenty of stuff to go over today. We're playing both sides of the coin today. We've got football and basketball today. How crazy is that? We're going to have some fun on today's show. Um, in about 10 minutes, Tech brought in a transfer kid to the basketball program that I think is going to make a huge Huge difference. He'll be critical to their success next season, and I'm going to tell you why in about 10 minutes. Um, So, to begin the show today, uh, Texas Tech is a little bit of a a tradition. So, every offseason for football, Mighty Joe Yeager comes out with his critical 20 list, and it just came out. So, pretty much with the critical 20 list, if you're not familiar, and I'm sure that most people are, but... If you're not familiar with what the critical 20 list is, it is pretty much a list of the 20 most important players upcoming for the Texas Tech football season. The 20 most important guys. These are the guys that if they if they in order, right? If they were off the team, if they if they didn't have these guys, it would be an absolute game changer to the season. So we look at the list and there's 20 guys on here. And you know what I found interesting was, is that you didn't get your quarterback until number three. And the funny part about that is, is that it's your third stringer. (laughs) How funny is that? So before we get into number three, Baron Morton, who's the young freshman quarterback that they just brought in, let's talk about number one. Number one is Tyree Wilson. And Tyree Wilson right now is arguably the best player on the team, both sides of the ball. And it's no mistake that he's here. It's no mistake that he's number one, six foot six senior outside linebacker. Oh, wait, wait. I thought he played defensive end. Oh, wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear what the plan that Joey McGuire has for him. Kyrie Wilson's going to play outside linebacker this year for Texas Tech. And people are going to say, "What? Well, wh- why would they do that? I mean, he excelled so greatly last year as a defensive end. Why would they have him play outside linebacker? And you'd be right. they He did excel last year. At defensive end in 13 games last year, he had 13 and a half tackles for loss and seven sacks. It was clearly his best season. Transfer from AM 2 years ago, he finally came into his own as a defensive end. And what, they're changing his position? Now, we should be clear about this. It's not like he's never going to play any snaps at defensive end. He will. But I do think it's important to point out how much of an impact, and I mean a positive impact, this could have on the Red Raider defense. I mean it. Okay, if you watch college football, I'm sure that at least you dabble into NFL football, at least some people do. If you watched Micah Parsons last year with the Dallas Cowboys, this whole change of position thing should make you very, very excited. Very, very excited. Micah Parsons, for the Cowboys last year, sort of a hybrid linebacker, defensive end kind of player. If you can, these guys that do multiple things on defenses, I mean, are are game changers. I mean, you look at some of the top defenses in the NFL last year, right? Tampa Bay with Devin White. I mean, he rushes the passer all the time. Micah Parsons last year was one of the best pass rushers in the entire league. And most of his snaps were played at linebacker. I mean, having these hybrid guys can be critical to how elite your defense is. Now, I'm sure this team's going to play with a ton of passion, a ton of heart, and all that stuff, but I understand why people are so nervous about how Tyree Wilson could potentially be playing a position that he isn't familiar with, but I'm telling you right now, this is where the brilliance starts on this side of the football. If you can move guys around, right, Tyree Wilson, super athletic, super explosive, best player on the defense, going to get drafted, all of that stuff, right? You move him around the defense, and he can play pretty much anywhere. Not not necessarily a roamer on defense, but the, the offense doesn't have a clue where he's going to line up on every down. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. That's just in football, right? If you have to guess whether or not you're worrying about Tyree Wilson, I mean, it... It messes up blocking schemes. It messes up protections. I mean, it messes up everything. Smart coaches do this. Smart coaches move their best players around. That was the best thing the Cowboys did last year, was they gave Micah Parsons some versatility. They recognized that he had talent as a pass rusher, and they were just like, you know what? Let's use that. Let's not restrict him to playing linebacker. This could be the very same thing. We see the kind of impact that Tyree Wilson makes as a pass rusher. Okay, the guy's a flat out disruptor. But you also have to keep in mind if you can move him off the line occasionally, there's two things that can happen. The first thing is it gives him a little bit of a break. If you got a rush on every play, I mean, you're just you're gonna run out of breath sooner or later. <laughs> you just will. So, it gives you a little bit of a breather. But at the same time, if he can drop back and he can actually come, you know, he can actually cover, he's athletic enough to do it. If he can drop back in coverage and you got to worry about him in more than one way, I mean, that's a huge part of this, too. So, I do find it very interesting how Tyree Wilson in the critical 20 is listed at number one. You know, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. He's clearly the best player on the team, but let's let's be real. You know, college football is primarily about the quarterbacks and strong wide receiver cores. But Tyree Wilson makes that much of an impact on defense, and it's smart of people to recognize that if you have a player like this that can be as versatile as they can as far as you know, being able to rush the passer, being able to drop back in coverage, being able to spy on quarterbacks, like all of those different things. I mean, that changes a defense. The Cowboys last year, the reason I'm drawing so many comparisons to the Cowboys is because I think Micah Parsons and Tyree Wilson are going to be put in very similar situations. Last year, the Cowboys had one of the most effective and efficient defenses in the NFL last year. The year prior, they were historically bad. Historically bad. This year, I think Texas Tech could make that same leap. Tyree Wilson could change this defense, change it, if this turns out to be a success. Listen, and if it doesn't turn out to be a success, you'll find out pretty early. You'll find out early. And the reason you'll find out early is because Tech's schedule to start the season is brutal. It's brutal. Unbelievably hard. And that kind of transitions over to the quarterback conversation. So there's three quarterbacks on this roster. And the highest quarterback on this list in the critical 20 is the freshman quarterback, Baron Morton. Which blows my mind. He's third string. Third string. And you know what's even funnier is that number seven on this list is the second stringer, Donovan Smith. I mean, you don't see Tyler Shug until number 15. The projected starter is number 15 on the critical 20. Last year in four games with Texas Tech. Right? And he had decent success at Oregon before he transferred here. Last year at Texas Tech, four games, six touchdowns. 164.2 quarterback rating. Not great, but also not bad, but again, not great. Donovan Smith last year, nine games. Seven touchdown passes in nine games completed 61% of his throws. I'm sorry, that's just not good enough. I mean, if you look at the numbers, it actually kind of makes sense. And it even makes more sense because guess what? You got a brand new head coach. And what do brand new head coaches like? His guys. And that may not be such a bad thing because Baron Morton can play. Baron Morton was one of eleven quarterbacks in 2020 to be nominated for the National Quarterback of the Year award. The kid can play; he can really play. There are some people that really believe that we could see Baron Morton this year because that schedule. Also, uh, that uh, that's another reason for this. That schedule that they play early on is tough. It's really tough. I mean, you're starting out. I mean, you get Murray State to start the season. But you got to play Texas early on. You got to play NC State early on. I mean, that's three of the first four weeks. Three of the first four weeks. After you play Murray State, you got to play incoming Houston, by the way. Houston's going to be a part of the Big 12 in the next couple of years. You got to play Houston. Then you're on the road against NC State and then you come home again and you play Texas. That's your first four games. That's a tough schedule to get through. And even if he plays kind of well, and let's say Tech goes what? Two and two, they'll beat Murray State. They win one out of the three tough games between Houston, NC State, and Texas. They go two and two in the first four weeks. I mean, you don't think there's going to be some sort of sense of urgency where it could be like, hey, listen, first new regime. And think about it. If you're Joey McGuire, do you really want to give anybody the opportunity to question what you're doing? Listen, if you like the freshman kid, and let's be honest with you, Baron Morton in the spring game absolutely crushed it. Crushed it. I mean, he's the real deal, that kid. But that tough schedule in the beginning makes all the difference in the world for this quarterback conversation. I mean, and everybody's talking about it right now where it it comes to, you know, who's going to be the week one starter. My question is, who's going to be the week five starter? Who's going to be the week six starter? Who's going to be the guy when it comes to you know, when the pressure is on after a couple of losses early on in the year. Because unless some miracle happens, if we're going to be realistic about this, I don't think that we're going to sweep through Houston, NC State, and Texas. I just don't. Murray State is a game that's winnable. But Houston's a tough team. They're always Houston is always ranked. NC State's got a great team this year. There are people that are predicting that NC State's going to win the whole ACC, even over Clemson. People love NC State's team this year. And Texas, regardless of how much we like to make fun of them, because, you know, the whole Sam Ellinger thing, (laughs) Texas, we're back. As much as we like to make fun of Texas, Texas very rarely has a bad program. They're good. Most of the time. And a lot of kids from Texas, a lot of these good football kids from Texas, guess where they like to go? Texas. So, okay. There's going to be a little bit of a sense of urgency here. That's what matters to me. What matters to me is not who starts week one. What matters to me is who starts week five. And it looks like Joe Yeager feels the exact same way. And they feel that Baron Morton is the guy who, that could be that starter later in the year. I mean, the door could be wide open for Barron Morton to take over. And you know what I think is really cool about this? And this is what excites me, is that all of these great programs, okay, the top of the line college football programs, they all have freshman quarterbacks that are dangling, that could start by year one. They all do. Okay, regardless of what you think. You don't think that Nick Saban was thinking about starting Bryce Young as soon as he came in. You don't think. I mean, look at what happened with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. I mean, Kelly Bryant was not playing terribly, and what happens? Trevor Lawrence comes in and they just get better. These are what these teams do. They bring in these all-star freshman quarterbacks and they're, bam, ready to go. They're ready to go. So, this is what excites excites me. And if I'm a Texas Tech fan, I want to see Baron Morton this year. I want to see the freshman QB. I'm tired of the struggling. I want to see... The next big guy, and if we can have the same quarterback at least for the next three years or four years, have some consistency, build the team around him. I mean, then I think we're going somewhere. So, okay, let's move on to basketball. So they brought in a recruit. Uh, I, I guess not really a recruit; it's a transfer uh, from North Carolina, and I'm really excited about this kid because. Kerwin Walton, who's the, who's the transfer from North Carolina, shooting guard, he shot 42% from three as a freshman two years ago for North Carolina. Now, last year, his minutes got cut, which, hence why he entered, entered the transfer portal and why he's coming here. But let me tell you why this is going to be a massive deal going to be a massive deal for Texas Tech basketball. Okay? Texas Tech last year was terrible at three-point shooting. They were terrible. The Red Raiders last year as a team shot 32% from the arc, 261st in the country. Tech made their living last year on defense, not offense. Right? Points allowed per game. Tech was 11th in the country. Points scored, 147th. And listen, it worked to an extent, right? 27 and 10, made it to the Sweet 16. That's all great. But you needed to replace Bryson Williams. Bryson Williams is going to get drafted this year, or he's in the draft. He's gonna try he's gonna potentially get drafted this year. He was the only guy on Texas Tech's roster last year that shot over 40% from three. And he's only the second play. He's only one of two players that shot over 35% from three. It was him and Terrence Shannon. I mean, You got to find a way to replace Bryson Williams. You got to find a way to replace Bryson Williams as far as the shooting production is concerned. Bryson Williams was your leading scorer, 14 points a game. You got to find a way to replace that. Kerwin Walton is the guy to do that. Kerwin Walton, yeah, he lost his spot for North Carolina. But you also have to keep this in mind it's North Carolina. Okay, Michael Jordan went there. (laughs) Like, they are. Among, like, if you think college basketball, North Carolina Tar Heels is what you think about. Okay, it's Duke, it's North Carolina, it's these teams, Kentucky, like, these big powerhouses. So I'm not too concerned that he's, his minutes dropped at UNC. In fact, I looked at at that as a great opportunity. Okay, kid, you hungry? (laughs) Let's do it. Let's get you here and start making it rain. Okay. Some other background about this kid, by the way. Because listen, I love this stuff. I'm an NBA draft nerd, I, I study all these guys. Okay. Former four star high school recruit. He's not just a shooter, he can absolutely score from all over the floor. Right? I mean, look, look at what Kansas did last year as the national champions. Kansas was shooting the ball out of the building. Okay, Ochai Abaji last year was one of the best shooters in the nation. I mean, he was one of the best players in the nation. And it's because he's a 40% three-point shooter. He has that po- that part of his game. Okay? And if you're following any part of the NBA right now too, that's where the NBA is all about playmaking, creating your own shot and shooting three pointers and, and all of that stuff. Okay. But on top of that Kerwin Walton, he's got the same thing, big time shooter, big time overall scorer. He's got a nice floater, mid, uh, like mid range game. He's got that, uh, that stuff too. And by the way, you can still keep your defensive identity. You can still keep your defensive identity because guess what? He's a pretty good two-way player. Pretty good athlete. Moves pretty well laterally. Keeps his man in front of him. And guess what about him, too? He's already pretty developed. He's already pretty developed. You don't have to wait for him to become productive. He should step in day one and become a contributing factor to this team. I mean, people, I think, are really underestimating the, the impact of adding Kerwin Walton to this team. Because not only did you need to replace what Bryson Williams was leaving you with, but it was the most important part. And I get that they play different positions. Bryson Williams was more of a forward, you know, floor spacer kind of guy. And Kerwin Kerwin Walton is is, is a guard. But the cool part about this is, is that you just... It replaces the shooting. You were losing your best shooter, and now you're gaining a guy who could potentially be your best shooter and maybe even a better shooter. Listen, if he can shoot 42 43%, I mean, that's better than what Bryson Williams gave you last year as a three-point guy. If you have guys up top that can consistently hit shots, and look, that's the thing that held Texas Tech back last year. They were defensively almost as good as anybody in the country. But when it came down to it, they needed the shots to go down, they couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done. They didn't have enough. This gives them a new look while keeping their same defensive identity. So I think this is very exciting. If you're a Texas Tech basketball fan, this is a very exciting very exciting thing. Okay, that does it for us. The Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. You're going to be with us every single week, talking everything Texas Tech Red Raiders. We'll see you.